Good morning, everybody. It's amazing how God actually goes before us to prepare the way. Um, we had our meeting at the beginning of the year, and it was in February that I was told this was my subject. So I've been preparing for quite a few months. <laughs> and uh, I said to Linda, I've, I've put together notes of about uh, 35 pages, which I'm sure everyone doesn't want to hear, so I had to scale it down considerably, and uh, we're now on seven. So hopefully we'll be finished by three this afternoon. <laughs> but isn't it amazing how God does go before us? The song that we sang, we are your people, you are our God, we are your temple, make us holy like you are. We are your children. You set us apart. God, for your glory, make us holy like you are. And then we have a young lady stand up here and talk about encouragement. And God wants you to be the pillar and wants you to speak encouragement. I don't think she knew what the topic was today. But God works all things together for good. And we just thank him for that. We're talking about foundation in Jesus and the word and building God's kingdom. When we do any building in construction, which I'm sure everybody has had something to do with, you have to mix sand, stone, water, and cement. Those four mixed together make concrete. Concrete is what is used to hold bricks and stones and everything together. Without concrete, those, those four um, aggregates, as they call them, have no power on their own. Our, when you mix the three together, the stones interlock like a 3D jigsaw puzzle, and the sand and the cement fills the gaps. Cement just glues the stone and the sand together, and without it, the latter would just slump and fall apart. But it's the stone that gives concrete its sheer and compressive strength. And Jesus is that stone. But the cement of Christians, born-again believers as we are, is building one another up at all times and keeping the stone, Jesus, in his rightful place in our lives. So as a child of God, we are privileged and have very special relationships with other Christians that we meet and that we fellowship with. Paul's letter to the Ephesians pictures this relationship in two different ways. He says that Christ is the head of his body and that every believer is a member of that body. Paul says that every member of the body must grow and work together. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Second, the body of Christ is to become mature, and the temple is to be built as a dwelling place for God to dwell. Every individual Christian must be committed to building up 
each other. Edification is the biblical term for this process. But edification is encouragement, building up, walking alongside. And that is what God asks us to do. The Lord says we need to disciple the nations. Yes, we need to spread the gospel. Yes, we need to speak the truth. But that truth is not going to help somebody if we are not discipling them, if we're not walking this journey with them as their babies. When you have a baby, you don't put him at the table with a knife and fork and say, there's meat, eat. <laughs> you give him milk. And then you start mixing a little bit of cereal, and then he gets cereal. Then he might get a little bit of pureed vegetables, and then maybe a biscuit that uh, dissolves easily. This is how we are as Christians. we babies. We're drinking milk when we first start out. But as we encourage one another to spend time in the Word, to spend time with Jesus, so we become mature. And this is where God wants us to be. He wants us to be mature. Biblical encouragement isn't focused on complimenting someone's hairstyle or saying you're a good cook, your food is always so tasty. That's, very, that's a nice kind of encouragement to give. But the scripture refers to Christian encouragement. Now, Christian encouragement is shared with the hopes that it will lift someone's heart towards the Lord. So all the encouragement we do must be pointing to Jesus. I know when I joined the church in April 2006, I'd come out of a very rocky relationship. And although I knew I loved God with all my heart and I knew that he had the best for me, I wasn't quite sure what my future looked like. And um, yeah, it was quite a scary place to be. But I joined Cornerstone and made such good friends here. And if it were, were it not for the encouragement of those people, just helping me on the way where I was unsure, what should I do? I knew I wanted to study the word, but I wasn't sure how do I study it, in what order? New Testament, Old Testament, Jesus. And more experienced people in the church came alongside me and made suggestions and said, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? I wouldn't be the person I am today, able to do the work that I do for God, if it wasn't for those people who initially walked with me, discipled me in those first few years that I was here. They helped me find my focus and get my vision and know where I was going. But more importantly, they pointed me to Jesus in every single question that I had. And that is what God wants us to do. We need to be encouraging people in this world, especially today, where we know that no matter what your situation is, God is in control. Amen. Encouraging someone also points out evidence of grace in another person's life to help them see that God is also using them. You know how often we look at people and we think, um, He's an evangelist, God's in him. He's a teacher, yes, I can see that. This one's a preacher, yes, I can see that. But God could never use me. I'm just a little old lady who likes to uh, work hard. God can't use me. But God can use every one of us. 
And we need to open our eyes and be aware of what people are doing for the Lord and encourage them in that because that is an important thing. Another Christian point is to point a person to God's promises. In his word, God gives us promises all the time. And when we point to his promises, it assures people that all they face is under his control. We need to look to Jesus in every area of our lives. And we need to make sure when we encourage that we're doing that too. The New Testament reveals that encouragement was a regular part of the early church's life. We're going through Acts at the moment and we've been reading it through it. There are so many scriptures. They shared scripture-saturated words with each other to spur one another on in faith, in hope, in unity, in joy, in strength, in fruitfulness, in faithfulness, in perseverance, and the certainty of our Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior's return. Encouragement was and is an essential way of extending grace to each other and being the cement that helps us hold together and keep us focused on the Lord. So how do I grow in being an encouragement to others? There isn't only one right way, but here are a few suggestions or ideas that, that have helped me um, to get into the practice of being an encourager. Some people do it easily, some not so easy. But like anything in this world, if you want to be good at anything, you have to practice. And you speak to any athlete who's been to the Olympic Games, they don't just arrive there and run. They train for months, they eat special food, they go to bed early, they don't do certain things in order to prepare themselves for what they need to do. And being an encourager is exactly the same. We need to prepare ourselves for what we need to do. So number one for me is I pray to God to make me an encourager. It's not something I think I do naturally. Um, I'm a bit of a focused person, so if I get to do something, then that's what I'm focused on, and I get to do that. And I don't really see the people along the way who are helping me to achieve that end result. But I've been praying these last few years that God make me an encourager and ask him to give me a heart that can discern what people are going through in order to encourage them and to give him glory. I've asked him to take away my self-centeredness, always thinking about my end result must be perfect. And the Lord has clearly spoken to me and said, your way is good for you, but your way isn't the only way. We need to ask for help. And in asking people for help, we're encouraging them also to do things for the Lord. If we don't allow people to come alongside us in the work that we're doing, we're not opening up avenues for them to become effective and integrated and working for the Lord. <clears throat> I make encouragement a daily discipline. For me, I, I have a little uh, alarm on my phone. And when I wake up in the morning, that alarm goes off. And it reminds me to think of someone and to send a message that day. Either phone them, send an SMS, a WhatsApp, or whatever. When I started praying this, and 
I'm glad to see my friends here or to support me today. Thank you <laughs> for coming. And that's what encouragement is all about. Having friends who you know they have your back. But um, I'm sure they can attest to this. When I started praying, and, and I'm not a good sleeper, so I wake up in the middle of the night and I have quiet time with the Lord. And um, I asked the Lord to, to help me choose somebody that I can encourage that day. And how God works with me, he gives me a photo of somebody. And then I know that's the person that I need to be praying for. So I pray for that person. And during my prayer or my reading, I'll get a scripture. And in the beginning, some mornings, two o'clock in the morning, I'd have a scripture for someone and I'd really wrestle. Do I send it now? Do I wait for the morning? Do I send it now? And eventually I thought, you know what, if they're asleep, they won't hear the message, but they'll get it when they wake up in the morning, which is, is, is my aim. So I would send it at two o'clock in the morning. I cannot tell you more than 90% of the time, I've got an answer back within five minutes. And that person has said that that was the exact message that they needed to hear and they've been crying out to God. So you know what? We mustn't second guess ourselves. We think we're not worthy. But God uses us when we say, here I am, use me. And so I'm not saying phone someone at two o'clock in the morning, please, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you do get an encouraging message and you know it's specifically for one person, make sure if you don't send it then that you do it first thing in the morning because that is a prayer that that person needs to hear. And also use scripture. Scripture is the most amazing thing to, to use when we want to encourage people. And the Holy Spirit just helps us in every way because God loves it when we, when we use his word. He loves it when we encourage people to know what his promises are. And so the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us to, to send the correct scripture. It might even be part of a daily devotion all you're doing. But somebody needs that. Please don't think that God is not going to use you because he uses us all. And then sometimes be specific in what you want to say. Everybody loves to hear um, encouragement. And the Lord says that he will confirm everything in, with two or three signs. So if you see someone is particularly talented in encouraging or walking alongside someone, we need to just say, well done for that. I can see God is using you in this way and continue. Well done for that. We need to be specific. I know that a few people have come up to me as well and they've said to me particular things in the ministry that God has given me. And it's so humbling just to know that God actually notices everything that we do. And he, he encourages us through the body of Christ. But if I can just also remind you, when we encourage others, we always need to remember to do it in love, to build with patience, to build in harmony, and to build with wisdom. In Romans and Philippians, the word says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 
Which of us is not built up in our spirit when we hear genuine words like, I appreciate you. I love you. God has used you to minister to me. Thank you for your ministry. I have noticed the way God is changing this area of your life, and I'm rejoicing with you about it. We need to encourage people when we see progress. It's not always just about what you're doing right now, but God is working on all of our lives. And where we see change, we need to acknowledge that. We need to encourage people that so that they can know that God is, is a God who sees and is encouraging them in what he's called them to do. This kind of love demonstrates the spirit of God in us because we're looking to serve others and to build them up so that God can use them to encourage others. That is the ministry of all of us. It isn't a particular ministry or a calling. Every one of us as the body of Christ are called to encourage one another. And we encourage one another by um, acknowledging what they do, by hearing from the Lord and encouraging them with scripture and walking this road together. I laugh sometimes at life group. I say to my ladies, we need to do this together. We need to walk together. And oftentimes someone will point out something that maybe the others haven't thought of. And together we can discuss it, but we're walking this journey together. It's not about one person. There's no, there's no I in team. And we are God's team. We are God's number one team. And we need to make sure that we are all working together. When we build with patience and, and with harmony, we need to make sure that we let no corrupting talk come out of our mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear it, that we hear in Ephesians 4.29. The Christian life that we live is a battle. It's a race. And sometimes it gets pretty hard. We get discouraged and we get tired. But it's up to those who are around us, who know us well, to be there, to encourage us, to spur us on to be walking with us on the difficult journeys so that we make sure together we reach the other side. That's why God says in his word, do not put aside the gathering together of the body. It's so important. You know, a lot of people will say, I'm a Christian. I spend time with God. I don't need to be in church. I don't need to be integrated. That's absolutely, you, you get all your feeding from the Lord, but you don't get the encouragement when you're on your own. And the enemy can play with your mind and tell you all sorts of things when you're on your own because there isn't anyone there to say to you, hang on a second, that thought is not quite right. Let's, let's look at it. Let's look, what did the scriptures say? This is what God has done for me in this situation. Testimony is so important. And we all make mistakes. And we all want to sometimes speak a word of criticism or point things out, as Julia said. Oh, you're a Christian, you shouldn't be doing that. But we all make mistakes. And it's not up to us to point that out. It's up to us to encourage people to search the scriptures, to find out for themselves how God wants them to change whatever it is that they're doing. We need to live in harmony with one another. 
In Romans, it says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Never think you're better than you are or that you're better than anybody else. Because we don't know the impact that the people we are talking to are having on the people that they connect with on a daily basis. Romans 15.5 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. We love one another by living in peace together. I'm not saying that there won't be times of a little bit of uh, scratchiness or someone might say something that doesn't sit quite right with you. But as Christians, the Bible says we need to talk to each other and we need to sort it out immediately. Not three months later, not after we've spoken to every friend that we have to say this person has done this to me and that to me and we're now causing sides. Um, it doesn't work that way. And as I've said to the ladies in my life group, and this is my life experience, so this is what I can talk about. We are a very diverse bunch of ladies. We come from different cultures, different languages, different countries, different backgrounds. And I have said to them, if I say or do something that offends them, because I'm not aware of their culture or what happens uh, in their country, they are to come to me immediately and just say, what you said there is, is not quite right. It's offensive to us because of this. And give me the reason, so that at least I understand and I know not to do it in the future. And we have an amazing understanding. In the beginning, we each took each culture and we got them to say, these are things in our culture that are offensive to us. And so we're all learning from each other what to do. None of us is perfect. None of us has all the answers. But when we work together as team, as encouragers one to another, we can make a difference for the Lord. We also need to be wise in our speech. We need to communicate as effectively as we can. And the way that we do that is to think before we speak. So oftentimes something will happen and the words, Phew. and then you think, oh, and you know the one thing about words, you can't take them back. When they're out there, they're out there. Um, I have a friend who has a little grandson and he's, he's uh, boisterous and mischievous. And uh, when I visited her the one day, she, in front of him while he was there, she kept saying, you're so naughty, you never listen. Um, you break everything. And I sort of kept quiet for a while and then he went out to the toilet and I said to her, you know, she said, you shouldn't be saying that. And he said, yes, but that's what he is. And I said, yes, he's, he is that because you're, you're prophesying that over him. You're saying to him, you're naughty, you never listen, you break everything. So that's what he's doing. I said, why don't you rather try and be a bit positive and say to him, Tion, you're such a good boy. Granny knows that you always listen so well. And when you listen well, maybe on the weekend we can go out for a milkshake or something. Give a positive reason for positive encouragement so that the child now, instead of being told he's naughty and he's being blamed for it, so he may as well do it. 
He's getting in trouble for, it, for breaking stuff, so he may as well do it, whether he's doing it or not. Let's be careful how we speak. And, and when we're careful how we speak, sometimes we need to think about what we want to say before we say it. Um, we know that the tongue is quite an evil little member of our bodies. And uh, so we, we, do, we need to be mindful and be wise. Ask God to help us to reel in our tongue. That the words we speak are only words of encouragement. Words of building up. Words of, of scripture. Words of pointing people to Jesus and the word of God. Because it's only with the word of God that we actually can survive in this world. You look at the things that are going on in the world today. You know, people say to me, how can you be so upbeat? Well, because I know that my king is on the throne. I don't have to worry about what's going on in the world because God is in control. And how do I know that? Because I spend time in his word. I spend time with him. And I spend time with other fellow believers who encourage me when they see me maybe a little bit weary of what's going on or a little bit down or a bit overwhelmed uh, by the situations that I find myself in. And it's only when we do that with one another that we actually can see God's kingdom being built, literally built day by day as we encourage one another. So in the scripture, there are many scriptures about one another's. And those are the one another's that we need to be encouraging. In James, it says, do not speak evil against one another. Do not grumble against one another. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So whose life are you committed to build up with the one another's that we find in scripture? Commit yourselves to meet together with him. Have a coffee. Ask the Lord before you meet if he has a word for them of encouragement or a scripture that you might have read that you feel is, is for them. Ask questions like what specific areas of your life has God been building this week? God works with each one of us every single day. But sometimes we are so consumed with what's happening around us that we don't see how God is actually building us up to be the people that he's called us to be. But when we say to people, what is God doing in your life this week? What is different in your life this week? That's, it, it causes us to think and to be aware of what God is actually doing in our lives. What testimonies do we have? Testimonies are such important parts of encouragement. I have the privilege with Julia to be facilitators at the Grief Share course that we do. And you know, that's not an easy place to be because you're dealing with people who have lost loved ones, they're hurting, they're heartbroken. But when you see the encouragement that God can give through his word and just with us being there, just listening, not offering advice, just being an ear for someone to listen, for someone to talk how they're hurting, what, what they're feeling. And then as the weeks go on, be able to talk into their lives. This is what God says. We know it's not easy and we know you're never going to forget that person. 
But God can build a strength in you and heal your broken heart so that you can continue with your life. And it's a privilege, it really is, because it's a long course, it's 13 weeks. But at the end of that 13 weeks, there is a difference to people that is unbelievable to see. Because you can see how God has just worked in their lives, encouraging them with his scripture, with his love. And having people around them who love them and encourage them as well. So all areas of our lives, we have people who need our encouragement. And that is what God wants from us. Each one of us, that is our ministry. It's not a special calling. It's something that God expects us to do all the time. So I feel it's contagious to encourage others. Because you might be a little bit shy in the beginning, but you'll say something and you see the, res the positive response. Now all of a sudden you have the boldness to do that again. The Lord will use your effort to stretch and strengthen the faith and encourage others so they will be empowered to live according to the Spirit. If there were a spiritual prescription, like we get medical prescriptions, if there was a spiritual prescription to follow for entering into this new season of life together, then encouragement would certainly be a part of that prescription. And God will use what you do to enrich your community together. So it's not about you, it's about all of us.